In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to join uh, in reading the text for this morning. It's taken from Romans chapter 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. People of God, people who's, who trust Christ Jesus with their lives and also for their entire eternities. The man's name was not Mr. Wilson, uh, nor was a neighbor boy named Dennis, uh, Dennis the Menace. But in many ways, that was exactly the type of relationship that the two of them had. And uh, even though that's not their real names, I'm going to use uh, Mr. Wilson and Dennis uh, as I talk about this particular illustration. Uh, Dennis was continually tearing up things that belonged to Mr. Wilson, uh, picking the flowers, uh, riding his bike uh, through the garden, uh, baseballs through the windows. Uh, I think that you get the picture. And unfortunately, because of so many things that uh, Dennis was doing, uh, his actions always getting him into trouble, uh, Mr. Wilson had to have a few chats regularly uh, with Dennis's uh, parents. And uh, as a result, as he uh, talked with his parents and Dennis overheard some of these conversations, uh, Dennis uh, thought that Mr. Wilson was basically a grouchy old man. Well, one day, uh, Mr. Wilson was in a store, and Dennis happened to come in and ask the shopkeeper uh, for music boxes, that he'd like to look at some music boxes. And he explained that his mother had had a uh, surgery, a very serious surgery, and he wanted to buy a music box for her. And he proudly told the shopkeeper, I've got plenty of money. The shopkeeper got out the music boxes, and... Uh, and also, uh, he picked one out that cost about $30. And Dennis very proudly plopped uh, about uh, 35 cents of pennies on the counter. The shopkeeper uh, took one look at that and said, that's not nearly enough money. And he started to put the music box away. Well, Mr. Wilson happened to also be in the store. And he was watching the entire situation. And he told the shopkeeper, uh, well, let's, let's count the money again. Let's count the money again. And while Dennis was counting the money, Mr. Wilson plopped $30 down on the counter where Dennis couldn't see it. Shopkeeper looked at Mr. Wilson. He looked at the $30. He looked at Dennis and the pennies. And he said, well, what do you know? There really is enough money for the music box. With a huge smile on his face, Dennis walked out of the store holding tightly to the gift. And he didn't even realize what had taken place. Didn't have a clue. Nor did he realize just how much it really was a gift. Now, if we wanted to find out more about Mr. Wilson, if we were to ask Dennis, tell me about Mr. Wilson, Dennis probably would have said, he's a grouchy old man. He's always complaining about something. But if we were to ask the store owner, 
tell me about Mr. Wilson. The store owner probably would have said he's one of the most generous people that he knows. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Same man, but two entirely different perspectives. Sometimes wrong perspectives can be very, very dangerous. And this is especially true about people's perspectives of God. If we were to stop people in the street and uh, ask them, uh, tell me about God, we'd probably get a variety of answers, all the way from uh, he's not real, he doesn't exist, uh, to he's grouchy and threatening, uh, to very gracious and very loving. Perspectives can be extremely important, sometimes critically important. As we continue to look at God's messengers through the ages during our Great Commission season, today we focus upon the time of the Reformation. And in many respects, the time of the Reformation was a time of two very different perspectives of God. For the first 30-plus years of his life, Martin Luther had a terrible perspective of God. If we had the ability to uh, ask him when he, at that particular time of his age, if we would ask him, tell us about God, he would have responded something like this. God is extremely judgmental. He punishes. He punishes us for not being able to live up according to his impossible demands. He expects us to be righteous and to live holy lives. He demands, he threatens, he condemns. As a result, we're in a constant state of misery. For the first 30-some years of his life, that was exactly the perspective that Martin Luther had about God. But then, as he began to read the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit suddenly gave him an entirely different perspective that changed Luther's life and his eternity. As he studied the scriptures, Luther began to understand that his perception and understanding about God was totally wrong. The reality was much different. The reality is that God loves us so much that he does for us what we can never do for ourselves. That instead of demanding that we make ourselves right with him, it is he who makes us right with him. And in order to do that, he gave his very own son to pay the price of our sins and our guilt. Jesus died so that we might have life with God today, tomorrow, and for all eternity. God indeed hates sin. There's no doubt about that as we read it in the scriptures. And why? Because it destroys us. He hates sin because sin destroys the very ones whom he loves so dearly. But the intensity of God's love for us is so great that he provides our forgiveness in eternity at no cost to us, but at a huge cost to himself. When Luther suddenly and finally had his eyes opened, he found out that the Holy Spirit had led him to discover the grace of God, the love that God had for him and for all people. God has made us right with himself through Jesus. That's the gift of his mercy, the gift of his love. 
For the rest of his life then, Martin Luther wanted to enjoy the gift, treasure the gift, and live and proclaim the gift. What a difference perspectives make. Luther is an excellent example of that. For the first 30 years of his life, he was crushed by his inaccurate thoughts and misunderstandings about God. He didn't have a clue as to the gift that God already had prepared for him. And then when he discovered what God was really like, what God had really done for him, his life completely changed. For the rest of his life here on earth, he wanted to live as a witness to God's tremendous love and mercy. Love and mercy that was demonstrated so vividly and so clearly in the cross, in the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the Reformation came about because Luther confronted people's inaccuracies, inaccurate perceptions. He confronted people about their inaccurate and misunderstandings about God. And as a result, thousands upon thousands of people found new life and joy in understanding God's love for them. They, too, became living witnesses, challenging and encouraging others to trust God and his faithful love for them. They were people who were not ashamed of the gospel. They were not ashamed of the gospel because they had personally discovered the power of the gospel working in their lives to rescue and save them and to give them a life and a hope that they never thought possible before. What a difference perceptions can make. Now, unfortunately, in our world today, there are many people who have terrible misunderstandings about God. There are some who believe that God does not exist. There are others who think that uh, God's not important, that he really does not care about anything that happens in our lives. There are others who think that God doesn't care about them, that he has abandoned them. The result of every one of those perspectives and understandings of God is the same. It always results in hopelessness. Hopelessness. It drains any part of hope away from us. You see, perspectives about God produce significant results in people's lives. And sometimes the results of those perceptions are very tragic. We have to start with ourselves. Are we sure that our thoughts about God are accurate? Are we sure that we understand, have a good understanding, a proper understanding about God? And how do we know that our perception is true? We know from the Scriptures. We know from the Scriptures. If we want to have an accurate understanding about God in ourselves, we have to look and listen to God's Word, especially as the Scriptures speak to us about Jesus. And when we do that, the Scriptures give us a true perspective of God as well as ourselves. For example, if we begin to think that we are better than other people, or we begin to think that we are better than most people in the world, and we begin to think that we can live with an attitude that uh, judges others as being people who are without value or importance, God and his scriptures tell absolutely not. That's not the way that we are. Not at all. He is the one who has created life. Every life, every person is extremely valuable to him. 
all the way from the nearly born to the very aged. No matter what classifications we might group people into, every person is extremely valuable to God. And every person stands before God in the same situation, the same boat. We are sinners needing forgiveness regardless of how much good we think we might be doing. Do we think that we cannot be forgiven or that our sins are too overwhelming? Again, God in His Scriptures tell us absolutely not. God in His mercy has given His perfect Son, Jesus, to provide the forgiveness that we need. We may feel unforgiven, we may feel unforgivable, but the truth is just the opposite. We're already forgiven. The forgiveness that, God, that we need has already been purchased for us in Christ Jesus because we are so valuable to Him. He gives us His forgiveness and offers it to us long before we can ever begin to earn it. Do we sometimes begin to think that death is the end? that there's no real hope for life now or beyond death. You see, whenever we begin to think in this way, then God in His Holy Scriptures readjusts our thinking, puts on new glasses, so that we take a look at His promises, and as we look at Jesus, we understand here is one who truly died, but He rose again, never to die again. Here is one who has truly conquered death, not only for himself, but he assures us that his victory over death is ours as well. He is the one who has life ahead of us, even beyond death. And so instead of living in hopelessness, God wants us to have hope because of him. That's how much he values us. You know, sometimes people may tell us we need an attitude adjustment. Perhaps the better statement would be, we need a perspective adjustment. We need a clearer understanding of God and His love for us. Martin Luther received that clear understanding from the Scriptures. That's why he loved the Scriptures so much. And that's why he wanted people to be able to read them in their own language and understand them for themselves, because he knew that as we would read and study the Scriptures, we would discover God's mercy and His love. God is one who is faithful and can be trusted with our entire lives and our eternities. And that's why Luther continually emphasized we live by grace alone. We live by faith alone. We live by Scripture alone. And that was not only the basis for the Reformation of some 500 years ago. That's the basis for our lives and the eternities of all people today. So how does this help us with our own living? And how does it help us with our witnessing? So many people at the time of the Reformation had terribly inaccurate understandings of God. Those misunderstandings kept them from seeing the gift that God had provided for them. And in our world today, there are many people whose misunderstandings about God keep them from having hope and joy and the life that God wants all of us to have. The opportunities for witnessing today are much like that of 500 years ago. We have the privilege of helping people to understand the love, the mercy, the faithfulness that God has for them. So let's go back to Dennis and Mr. Wilson.
Dennis thought that Mr. Wilson was a grouchy old man. But when he gave the music box to his mother, she asked him to explain how he got such a valuable gift. And as Dennis described the situation with the store owner and Mr. Wilson, Dennis's mother suddenly understood what had really taken place. And she carefully explained to Dennis that Mr. Wilson, that grouchy old man, was actually the one who had paid for most of the gift. Dennis paid the pennies that he could, but without Mr. Wilson's generosity, the music box would still be in the store. On that day, Dennis understand and gained a much clearer understanding of the mercy and the love that Mr. Wilson had for him. In a similar way, we have that privilege in our own witnessing. As we carefully listen to members of our families, our friends, our fellow students and workers, we will often discover inaccurate understandings about God. And we have the privilege of giving them a far more complete and accurate understanding of his love and compassion for them. The hymn title, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, can help us. Perhaps we've had the experience of someone saying very negative about a good friend of ours. And as we listen to this other person talking about our friend, we realize uh, they really don't know the person at all. They don't know the person at all. And we can help them have a better understanding so that what our friend is truly like, so that they too can enjoy his friendship. Well, in a similar way, we can listen and talk with others about our greatest friend, Jesus. We can give others a clearer understanding and picture of his great love for them, of the promises that he has for them as well for us. What a friend we have in Jesus, and what a friend they have in Jesus. So people of God, people whose trust and confidence is in Christ Jesus, may the Holy Spirit dispel our misunderstandings, and may the Holy Spirit also provide a clear witness of God's great love and mercy through us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.